When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Leads Up podcast. I'm James and I'm joined by Rocco Dean. Hello. Oh, nice to see you, Rocco. And you. Uh, no Paul this week, so uh, we'll have to muddle through this one. No Bielsa, no Paul. Leads are falling apart. <laughs> oh God, don't say that. <laughs> and then straight into a chat about us losing again. Fifth, <laughs> fifth, fifth one on the bounce. Oh dear. Yeah. Uh, what did you think then? Do you think, I mean, it probably was an improvement, I suppose. I took the trip to uh, Leicester on my own, didn't go with anyone. I thought, do you know what, I kind of need it as a bit of a soul-searching mission after the emotional week that we'd had. So, so I stuck the radio on. It was talk sport, so is that radio? I don't know. And uh, they were just talking about Leeds and Bielsa, and it just sort of made me even more sad going to the game. I thought, I've, yeah. come, here to, I've come here to clear my head. I got there, and I've never been to Leicester before. and um, I've been to the city, but not to, to watch football there. And... Uh, it was it was just like I, I must have a habit of going to away games and just stumbling across the you know the just the very sterile bowls like Middlesbrough's the same Cardiff's yeah. the same where they're just sort of plonked on the middle of an industrial estate and there's just nothing about them and it just it just felt like that and uh, yeah I, I mean atmosphere was good Leeds fans were good result was disappointing. Yeah, it's uh, it's surprisingly. I've been to the new stadium. Well, I say new. It's probably twenty years old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it surprises me how close it is to the old one. Actually, like it, like you say, it does feel like you're just out in the middle of nowhere. But it's actually like only only around the corner from the the old Filbert Street, which was never never a good place to visit either. We just yeah we. Well, to be fair, I was thinking we've got a terrible record at Leicester, but then I think in commentary they said we've not lost a league game there for like six six visits or something. Uh, but yeah, that came to an end. There's quite a few people I've talked to and they're still not kind of, not not over the Bielsa thing, but they're still like, it's really a big focus on everyone's mind. And I suppose for everyone that was at the away game, they've sort of had that initial game and they've sort of not moved on, but there's a tiny part of them that's kind of ready to move forward and so I'm at that point and I think everyone else is still at a point of oh god we've got to witness them at home and the, and the tensions there because we've lost another game but I think seeing it in the flesh was it, I mean I, I thought we played well to be honest yeah we did we did play well like we, we were vibrant it was like it was a it was a good Leeds performance um it was pretty much typical of 
a lot of the Bielsa defeats, wasn't it? With the uh, you know dominating the game and and losing one nil, punished by by one mistake. Um, but I mean, created loads of chances. We did, you know, we did look more solid. Um, obviously, against you know in more inferior opponent um, compared to what we've been facing. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's positive signs. It still feels weird saying it. <laughs> like I don't like yeah. feel feel like I'm cheating on Bills to saying it. I think I'm a bit like you. I I think I just need to get to Ellen Road. Like I, I don't even know how I feel on Thursday. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't I don't feel in my head that I'm going to be like as passionate as I normally am under Bielsa, which is terrible to say. That's just the way that uh, in my head that that's what it feels like. But I'm sure once the whistle goes, it'll be uh, full force. There was definitely an era that at Leicester, I thought, where people were a bit sort of, I don't know, the atmosphere wasn't nervy, but just like something was missing because something was missing, and yeah. it's it, and it's a, and a big change. And um, but you know, people still got behind them, and Bielsa got a few songs. And did you see but, the the picture of him <laughs> walking the streets of Weatherby during the game? Oh, it's like <laughs> heartbreaking. Please, I know it is. In it's the civilian like, clothes as well. It's just I, awful. <laughs> I know it is awful because someone like replied underneath sort of saying, what's he still doing here? <laughs> like, <laughs> wh- why hasn't he left? It's like, yeah, that is exactly what we all think. Like, uh, it's just sad, sad. But um, yeah, I thought, I thought same as you, Rocco, I thought we played really well. Um, and it is tough to know, you know, is that because it was against Leicester or, or, you know, would we have fared well against other teams? But, you know, we did play well on the day and it felt like those, that very, there was a very early spell under Bielsa where we just couldn't score. And it was, it was, it was, it was exactly like that where you just felt that nothing was going to go in and nothing was going to go away. And and it didn't really. Um, But first half was really good. I thought Dan James was really good. A few people around me were giving him a bit of stick. Uh, the, the little scum bastard, uh, <laughs> which I think is a, ter- a term of endearment more than anything. Yeah. But I, th- I think you know, with that comes his history of being a scum player and and the price tag that's on him, and so that therefore there's a lot of pressure. But I actually think he's probably one of our best attacking players at the minute. He he seems to open up teams a lot more than others are on the pitch, and and you know he's had a, f- a few fair cracks at goal and and scored a couple the, a few weeks yeah. ago. So I think he's he's doing well and. I just, I'm just not sure still about him in that kind of central role. I, I, I don't know. And, you know, and, and the signs are there that he's willing to give Joffe another run and Roberts until, <laughs> until well, he got his injury. It. I know. It made me laugh, really, that the team was, I mean, it was basically what Bielsa would have picked. Uh, yeah. You know, even with James up front, with Ailing at centre back, you know, and it, it made me think, like, what does Radrizani make of this? You know, he's made this change. And then suddenly we've got all the same, you know, square pegs in round holes, as, as people say, which I, I, I've never really bought into. I just think, you know, we do have a versatile team. And, and I've, I've always liked Ailing at centre back, but I know the, the stats don't probably back that up uh, but he had a good game obviously um but yeah we, we miss him at right back i suppose don't we dallas obviously got exposed for the goal but yeah i, I mean it wasn't wasn't really that different uh, you know i i would have expected a similar performance you know had had it been bielsa um you know the, the midfield two obviously were you know horizontal instead of vertical i suppose but apart from that i mean I, what did you think about the the inverted wingers was it was it noticeable to you? Uh, not really. Afterwards, uh, it it was written somewhere. I think it's probably Phil Hay, and, I, and then I thought about it more, and I thought, oh yeah, that's true. I hadn't, really, <laughs> I hadn't really thought of that at the time, but you know, it makes complete sense. And I think because Jesse Marsh likes to play directs 
football down the middle, it's kind of, well, that makes sense, you know, having inverted wingers to bring it inside and hopefully yeah. play your forwards through or whatever. So, yeah, I think it's, as the first iteration of Jesse Marsh's Leeds United, I think it was it was fair. It was good performance. You just hope they can take it into the next match. One thing I will say is Harvey Barnes always causes us problems no matter what. Um, I mean, he did at home. He scored that great goal at, at Ellen Road, didn't he, as well? And... Yeah, he's just a pest, and I don't know. You can it can shine a light on Dallas a bit because you can think, oh, is Dallas not a very good right back? Should he be central midfield, or is it just Harvey Barnes is a very good player? I don't know, but I think on that goal uh, you mentioned on on his goal, sorry, um, the one two he did with Ayanacho, uh, and there was I I think that was actually the first sign of confusion in the zonal system because you had this element of Dallas not following his man, and then Luke Ailing seeing that Dallas hadn't followed his man and then quickly coming out to him. So I actually think that system is, it wasn't the problem, but because obviously it worked for the rest of the game, but yeah. it definitely caused them an issue at that point. Yeah, it's interesting. That. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, um, I'd like to watch it again now and watch the goal back. But um, I think you've, yeah, I think you have got a point there. And the other thing I noticed as well as part of that was Melia should have probably done better because one thing I noticed from watching Schmeichel, who again, annoyingly, had a very good game. He got a lot yeah. of stick off the Leeds fans, but he, uh, he had a really good game. But one thing he does so well is he just stands up for as long as possible. Like he stands up awkwardly long, like you think you should probably yeah. move. And I think Melia is so big that I don't really know how he's getting beaten there. And if he did just stand up and Harvey Barnes tries to play it to his left, he'll literally just gather it. Yeah. I might be, and I might I might be nitpicking, but if you watch it back, Melier is is reacting to what Harvey Barnes is doing. But actually if he just stood there, he he would be under no risk. But I also think that Melia's been beaten far too many times on his near post yeah. recently that he's also paranoid and he's kind of followed him out as well. So yeah, interesting. I, I recommend watching it back and see what you think. He's, I, I mean, I do think Melier's had a bit of a difficult period, really. And obviously, yeah, he's been exposed, you know, with, with you know, conceding chance after chance. Um, but like, I even thought it um, in the warm-up before Spurs, like uh, before the game, you know, they're just, you know, smacking, you know, the goalkeeper coach is smacking shots at him. And he was like really like slowly, laboriously pulling himself up off the ground after each, after each um, shot. And he, he did just, it just didn't really look, um, you know, like fully on it. It did look a bit demoralised, and maybe that's just me looking into it too deep. But yeah, yeah, mistakes have been creeping in a bit with him. Um, you know, not to say he's not an incredible keeper. I still rate him like as as high as any young goalkeeper. Um, this, I think we saw it with Robinson. Um, yeah. You know, when <laughs> I don't like drawing the comparison of, of our last relegation season, but like the second half of that season, he was making a lot of mistakes, which is a bit worrying. And I'm not saying that Melier is making a lot and he's not making glaring errors either. No. But, it, um, it, it's one of those where he's had that many shots against him and we've conceded so many goals that it's hard not to shine the light on him. But really, it's kind of like a team it's a team fault for those goals. But as a goalkeeper, it would be demoralizing. You know, you, yeah. like you, you play in games where at most you concede one or two and then very rarely you'll concede four or five. Whereas he's had a an absolute torrid turn of, of conceding over 20 goals. So yeah. he, like all the players, Jesse Marsh needs to put an arm around them and, and pick them up. And, and and to be fair, I do think, you know, there's there's elements of people that do think Jesse Marsh is kind of cheesy in his in his leadership ways and his American ways. But I also do think the team are at a point where they literally need picking up off the floor. Uh, and I think actually that he is probably a good character for them. 
Yeah, I, I think exactly the same. I think to follow Bielsa in this position that we're in, he has the, the, the two things that you really want would be a change in the managerial style with him. Yeah, like I say, but that personal touch, you know, you'd, you'd expect that will go a long way with the players because it's so different. Um, and then obviously the, the zonal marking from the man marking it. I'm not saying that I prefer it or anything, but, you know, it takes the pressure straight off the players. You know, I'm sure the players will... You know, it feels like it would be a weight off their back, not having to go, you know, man on man against, you know, these these top class players every single match, especially when you're in a bad run. You know, it's one thing when you're picking up results, but in this type of rut that we're in, you would think that going zonal would just, yeah, it sort of it spreads spreads the risk if nothing else. You know, that they they really are all in it together rather than losing their own personal battles and and then looking at themselves and feeling guilty and beating themselves up. The, the change, the changes are probably necessary, and it feels horrible to say it because, you know, for for so long we have depended and absolutely adored Bielsa, and we still do. That you're saying it just feels like, like you said earlier, like you're cheating on, like you're cheating on him. But you, once you kind of see see them live through it, you, it does make you think. Actually, yeah, was this was this potentially a good call? Unless we get hammered like five nil by Villa and then yeah uh, well that's the thing isn't it it's like we basically we the only way that the board can be proved wrong is if we go down so um, yeah <laughs> watch this space but I, I, I do think we'll be all right like Villa's Villa's a tough game like you know they've obviously they've hit form hopefully they've used up all the goals at the weekend but you know Coutinho's looking like he's you know recapturing his best form um, and it's yeah, it's just so typical of the season that that game's been plonked three days before Norwich. Like we really, you know, it's just like everything that could go wrong is going wrong. You know, that's just like the next the next thing. You know, we just could have done with that week on the training pitch, especially you know with the new manager to get get prepared for Norwich. Um, yeah, because I, I imagine Thursday is going to be you know high octane. It's going to take a lot out of us. You know, we'll be putting in a hell of a lot of effort. Big atmosphere. His first home game. Um, yeah, going into the Norwich game after that. Although <laughs> I should worry about one thing at a time, really. Um, but <laughs> I can't help but think about it. Uh, yeah, Coutinho is the worry for me. Like how he had a very good game the other the other day, and um, but I think because we've played them so recently, and and Coutinho was really good in that match, that I think that'll probably be on the players' minds that yeah. they really need to sort of stop him out, really. Um, and I don't know how they'll do it, because he is, he is that good, but I think there'll be that heightened sense of him just being on the pitch. And I, I think um, the Villa game's got that feeling about, you remember when we played West Brom, and I think they just come off a good result, and then they came to our place, and then Pablo scored yeah. in 16 seconds. It's got that feel about it, where Villa are kind of in and around us, but the magnitude of the game is like, we really need this to kick on. And I think if we can get anything out of the game, it'll just it'll give them a bit of a, a buzz and a lift going into the Norwich game, and uh, and hopefully that adrenaline carries them through them being absolutely knackered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think um, it reminds me a bit of the situation when Grayson came in. We'd lost five or maybe even six in a row. It's crazy because we we're in League One, but um, we played Leicester and they were top of the league. Um, on Boxing Day at Ellen Road. And, you know, we, we got a one-all draw in that game, but it, it, it feels the same sort of position where, you know, we're, we're on a terrible run, but, you know, we're not that much worse than Villa, if at all worse than Villa. Um, so, you know, it, it's within us. Um, we, can, we can definitely beat them. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't know. Surely, 
surely it's just it's our turn to get a bit of a rub of the green because I mean you know for going back to the Leicester game for me that handball thing was just crazy I mean yeah. the guy tipped it around the post like no one's made anything of it but I mean the ref gave a corner so it it deflected off his hand like that's it's not yeah. even in, in doubt I don't understand it at all but it's just typical uh typical the way it's going I I would say that we are on on paper the team that we've got we're probably a mid-table side right now the only thing that isn't mid-table about us is our actual position in the le- in the league and I think that's why we had a good performance against Leicester and that's why we we looked all right against Villa as well so I do think they are there for the taking we just have to switch on do you think we're mid-table even without Phillips and Bamford? It's more the fact that Rafinha pulls us out of that, <laughs> uh, out of where we are now. But yeah, I agree. Like you know that we they are a massive gaping hole, and 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 that's why we were pro- probably why we finished ninth last season. Well, it is why we finished ninth last yeah. season because we had Bamford and and Phillips in the team. So um, yeah, if we can get any minutes out of either of them, the sooner the better. Then just to get him back and obviously Bamford was there at the uh, the weekend and I think did Jesse Marsh say that he'd got uh, I don't know why I'm calling him by his two names Jesse Marsh it sounds like American <laughs> called him I don't know what Jesse Marsh said um, but he said he got like 10 minutes in the tank didn't he and uh, yeah I don't know what that means for uh, for Thursday then maybe half an hour <laughs> 12 um, <laughs> yeah so um, but yeah I hope we get seen back even if it's to come in and knock a goal in off his knee in the last minute that'll do (laughs) and then do a knee slide and explode his hamstring (laughs) or whatever yeah that last season um last season without phillips our ppg was like had us 17th in the league so you know we were we were relegation fodder without phillips last season although it was over you know i think he only missed sort of seven or eight games Mm. um so a smaller sample but it does does show you and i think that's Probably the like Bielsa's downfall at the end um, was the fact that he didn't find a solution to to not having Phillips. And I remember at the start of his reign, he you know he basically said like it'd be best for everyone if Phillips can just play every game because he's such a difficult player to replace. And yeah, it's it's proved to be the case. I mean, Cot does decently in midfield. I think he's you know he's done pretty well, but it's I think it's like the. He's just not as dynamic as Phillips, is he? You know, yes, he's a good defender and he's pretty tidy on the ball, but Phillips is like top class on the ball, you Mm. know, spraying those balls out to Harrison and uh, and Rafinha and, you know, just just his his whole aura as well in the middle of the park. I mean, I I do feel like we'll be a different team when he gets back in and, and it'll be interesting to see with him playing in a, in a double pivot, um, you know, whether, whether that takes anything away from him. I mean, it, it shouldn't do cause he's, he's brilliant for England there. Um, it will be interesting to see. I mean, maybe even he'll play, he might even play like cock in the rice role and Phillips further forward. You know, there's, there's a few options there, isn't there? One of the things with Calvin is, and, and I can't, and obviously we can't answer this, this question, but so it's pointless me asking it <laughs> is, is like, if we didn't have him in that Bielsa team, what would we have actually done? Because that's his system and it relies on that player to, to do it so well. And and yeah, I think there's an element of fate that kind of Bielsa came and Phillips was here at the same time, which which yeah, which is probably why we are where we are. And and I think, you know, like you say, that is partly his downfall as well. There is no backup for that. And in the Premier League, you can't rely on under 23s that you're not going to play you need someone of that same caliber in that system to kind of hold it all together so yeah yeah such an important role as well isn't it you know it's the linchpin of the team um 
And yeah, I mean, unfortunately, Cox's been injured most of the time as well. So the backup to Phillips hasn't even been there. So it's been Stroik and and whoever else. I mean, to be honest, one thing as well, um, I mean, like for me, Forshaw is you know, very nicely suited to that role. But, but Bielsa always saw Forshaw as a more attacking midfielder, which I was never actually convinced about. Um, but yeah, I think I think we probably missed him in midfield as well on, on Saturday because he, he has, Forshaw's been, well, he's been awesome since he came mm-hmm. in. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he gets back in or, you know, if he just, you know, continues with Click and, and Cock. Yeah, I was surprised that Forshaw was out. But then I remembered I was thinking of our old system and thinking, should Forshaw be playing in that deep-lying role? Uh, but I still, I do think that he, he does show things up for us. So, yeah, I, w- I would have him in by default, but it's not my call. Um, I don't know if you heard, but Jesse Marsh, uh, they were chanting. They were chanting his name in the ground. I didn't hear. No. No, I didn't think they would because it was kind of like before. It was at, Sorry, it was after full time, so I presumed everyone was... During the huddle? Back in the... Well, they'd just come out of the huddle. I've, I've got this as my last point. The, 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 <laughs> the huddle obviously came under some scrutiny by uh, Gabby Agbon Lahore. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. Um, and... It's yeah. I I knew as soon as he was doing because the players came over. I don't know if you saw, but they came over to do their usual clap, and then he was calling them all back for the huddle. And uh, um, like I know, I know he's going to get stick for this off, yeah. <laughs> off people, but yeah, I it, it, I found it cringeworthy. Um, <laughs> I've got to say, I think it was like more reminded me more of Phil Brown rather than like Dennis <laughs> yeah. Wise's huddles uh, back in the day. Yeah, but it, it, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna draw anything from it. You know, it, it is what it is. Um, Marsh is going to be judged and, and liked whether we win or lose. And you know, it, for the first week, he's been really impressive. Um, up until that bloody huddle, he was he was doing really well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the players were a bit like because Dallas was sort of looking over and, and then got called back, and his face was like, oh, oh, "What?" <laughs> Turned around to jog back. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, an interesting day. I think we learned a lot. It'll be interesting to see what they pick up in the. Well, they probably had a day off, so the 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 three three or four days that they're going to have to prepare for Villa, and yeah, I really hope they can they can pull it out of the bag. I'm uh, I'm a bit more excited for it now after our little chat. To be honest, oh yeah, why, yeah. Why, why, how are you feeling before know. it? I just like a bit despondent. Um, you know, I, I just I don't know. It just feels weird going to the game. And it's not Bielsa, and I, I still feel bitter about it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, talking about about it helps. Talking helps, doesn't it? Yeah. We all know that. Like I said at the start, I've kept, once you've lived through it, you've kind of had a a little bit of trying to get over it, which I think is what you need. And when it starts to become just about the football and going to the game, you sort of your focus yeah. turns. That's, that's it. And at the end of the day, like it, the, you know, Bielsa wasn't going to last forever. Even if they kept him after the summer, you know, we're, we're heading in that way. You know, people have talked about us like becoming like a normal Premier League team now without Bielsa, and you know, the 49ers are going to be coming in, and you know, that that's just football, isn't it? Like that would have happened, you know, whether it's happening now or the summer or in three years' time. You know, we're, we're going that way, so I guess we just have to hope that. Jesse Marsh is the man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So fingers crossed we can do it on Thursday. Fingers crossed Stephen Gerrard uh, forgets to put Coutinho on the team sheet. <laughs> uh, fingers crossed we see some some of our main players back in the team. It'll be good if Bamford manages to get some minutes. And But most of all, let's just let's win. <laughs> we need the points. <laughs> that sounds good. Right, we'll see you next week for the next episode. Cheers, guys. 
Social Podcast Network.